Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Praise the Lord. It's great to be back with you, folks, as we continue on with these songs in the night in Psalm number 106. We're starting at verse number 26 today, and we're going through verse number 37. This is quite a psalm. With me, as always, is my friend, my cohort in crime, my fellow foodie, uh, Emmy's mother, uh, Stephanie Wesco. So, Stephanie, how are you today? Good morning, Doug. I'm doing great. Yeah, so today, so here's what we're doing. So we always start with you might be a knucklehead because you guys missed it back by popular demand. You guys said, I want you might be a knucklehead. It was helping me to be a better human being. That's what you said. So we wanted to help you with that. And uh, so we, we got this segment we've been titled, You Might Be a Knucklehead If. So today is Stephanie's turn. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, you might be a knucklehead if. You might be a knucklehead if you're tootling down the road and your car sputters and stops in the middle of a highway because you didn't watch the gas gauge, and E was three miles back. And, and friends, can I say this? You know, if your gas gauge isn't working, get it fixed. Fill your tank up. They got the pipeline working over here on the East Coast again. There's gas everywhere. It went up about 30 cents. I don't think it's going down. Thank you, Joe Biden, for ruining my life when it comes to gas prices. But that's, that's, right. a, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. And you might be a knucklehead if you voted for him. But anyway, as we move <laughs> forward, can I say that on the radio? I think so, because I said you might be. So it doesn't mean you are, even though. Anyway, so then. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> among our favorite foods. So uh, food that's right with God. What do you think it's Stephanie? Well, Doug, I found, actually it was my step-grandma, um, found this recipe. for, And I was going to make it when you were here, and we, it just never worked out. So maybe I can make it when we're down there in South Carolina. But this Brussels sprout casserole, oh. they are absolutely amazing. I mean, anything I that- I love Brussels sprouts. Cheese, Cream cheese, yeah. heavy whipping cream, Praise. All seasonings, you know, I mean, bacon, it's got bacon in it. It oh. is amazing. And I'm actually making it tonight for my dad's birthday party. Oh, man, that stuff. Food that's right. So good. God is a Brussels sprout casserole. I'm buying into this. Listen, if Stephanie says good, there's only a couple items of food we don't agree on. She gets some of this health food that tastes like cardboard and stuff, but... She had so, so she had this apple chip kind of thing, and they looked good, and they smelled good. And I put one in my mouth, and it was like eating pure evil. I mean, it was I was fighting this. It was like one of those dog leather bones that dogs chew on for seven to twelve hours or something like that, and they leave you alone. You know, it's a trick you do on dogs. I think it was dog apple chips. I don't think it was real apple chips. Those things were nasty. That's oh my I'm, god. That's all I'm saying. They were nasty. So that was one of the foods that I've found that she missed the mark on. They were not very that, good. 
I do have to agree with you. I have gotten those before, and that bag was off. Yeah. It I, was off. They well, were stale. And then, but you, but, really but you know, then Stephanie turned me on to some stuff, and I'll talk to you about it next time, this special kind of candy, you know, they have. And uh, I've been buying it. They sell it in the Detroit airport in the Plum Store, and they sell it down here at uh, uh, at uh, Costco and stuff. This better, healthy, more healthy candy. We'll talk about that. That's my food that's right with God next time. But here we are. We're in Psalm, <clears throat> excuse me, number 105. And we're on our 337th podcast. Woo! And uh, wow. we're, we're starting in verse number 26. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They showed his saints among them in wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made it dark, and they rebelled not against his word. He turned their waters into blood, and they slew their fish. Their land brought forth frogs in abundance in the chambers of their kings. He spake, and there came divers, sorts of flies, and lice in all their coast. He gave them hail for rain and flame and fire in their land. He smote their vines also and with their fig trees and brake the trees of their coast. He spake and the locusts came and the caterpillars were without number and did eat up all the herbs in their land and devoured the fruit of their ground. He smote also the firstborn in their land, the chief of all their strength. He brought them forth also with silver and gold and there was not one feeble person among their tribes." So I want to stop at 37 because we end up at that silver and gold place. But as I'm thinking about this psalm, Stephanie, and as we're in Psalm 105, right away he's talking about Moses and Aaron. He's talking about those things that went down. He's talking about the plagues. He's talking about the frogs. It was funny when I read the frog one, I couldn't help but think of Stephanie's son, Caleb, is a total reptile freak. And uh, he would have enjoyed having all those frogs around then. But what are you thinking, Stephanie? What are you thinking as you go through those verses, verses 26 all the way down through 37? Wow. I think of the story, you know, it's almost like we're going through the book of Genesis and Exodus here. And, um, as we look through all of the ways, as I think back to all the ways God showed himself real through Moses and Aaron, um, as you know, the children of Israel had been in captivity for centuries and been crying out to God for deliverance. And just the story of Moses, um, you talk about a child who from birth had the hand of God on his life and um, just the miracles that went on as, as, his mother, by faith, put him in that reed basket, and the princess found him. And, you know, you, you can read about it in, in Genesis and Exodus, all that God did through Moses. And as I look at that story, I'm reminded of the fact that Moses, you know, Moses is, was called the meekest man on earth. God called him that, and God used him, obviously. I mean, so many Bible stories Um as you know, you read your Bible story book, Moses is an integral part of those stories. Moses plays a role even in the New Testament um, stories as Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Moses was there with him. We're talking a key Bible character, past, present, future, um, who's impacted all of us because, again, he made a point of it with his life as he came to surrender. You know, the story of Moses involves he was a murderer. Yeah. Moses someone who did some really dumb, foolish things, maybe for a good cause in his mind, 
but he did things that were that were wrong. Yeah. And yet God brought beauty out of those ashes and God went to him in the when he was a shepherd in um met with him at, at Mount Sinai with that burning bush and called him said I have a job for you to do. And Moses had to come to those points of brokenness before the Lord and where all of his excuses, God stripped all of his excuses away. And and every time Moses threw up an excuse, God threw up the, the solution. And I'm just reminded as I look at the at his life of the fact that God can use anyone. God can use a murderer who repents. God can use someone who's really mixed up, messed up, can't speak to bring honor and glory to him and change the course of history. If that person will choose to by faith obey and by faith follow whatever God calls on them to do, even if it looks impossible. I mean, when you look at the story of Moses going before Pharaoh and there's, you know, there's a high chance that Pharaoh and Moses had known each other and they were arch enemies. I mean, that's, I know we, there's movies about that, but there is a very high chance that was the reality of it. This Pharaoh knew who Moses was. There would have been a fear you know, that was in Moses' heart. And he chose to surrender that to God and by faith walk into that court and say, let my people go. And when I just look at his life and the courage that he had, the faith he had to trust God, to part the Red Sea, to trust God, to provide manna in the wilderness, to trust God to lead more people than I can wrap my brain around people who hated him sometimes, people who maligned him, people who slandered him, people who hated his gut sometimes. And he just kept serving God. He just kept doing what God had called him to do. And that's what God calls on me to do. And again, we have this example that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we got to remember some things about the kingdom there too, and the Pharaoh uh, and some of the things that, that God had done there. Uh, you know, one of the things he did is he turned the river into blood. And you got to remember that the Nile River was a god to them. The Nile yeah. River providing the fish that were killed. I mean, that was a god to them. And so, you know, here, here comes Moses. He's calling for these things, and they were a god to them. And then the light, you know, they had sunlight longer than anywhere else in the kingdom. That was a god to them. And, uh, you know, turning the water to blood and Bringing, bringing forth all those frogs, they were proud that they weren't dealing with reptiles. They would work, they would clean them. These were all gods to them. And it was um, kind of a bug-free area. I mean, and again, God brought it. They had never seen hail before. And uh, hail for rain and flame and fire in their land. He smote their vines and their fig trees. All these things were gods to them. And that's sometimes God needs to take gods out of our life. Mm. Sometimes some of the junk and the trials we go through is because we have gods in our life. And, uh, you know, gods that aren't, you know, these rivers, these food groups, these different things that, you know, provide uh, some kind of sustenance or life to us. God's saying, wait a minute, I provide all this. You know, maybe I need to take this away from you. And that's what he did with the Pharaoh. And that's what he did with the kingdom. And, and we know that the Pharaoh was actually a relative of Moses, right? He was in a way, mm-hmm. you know, because he, he would have been, uh, what, his uncle and, uh, and the way they do the Ten Commandments, you know, they got his uncle's son who takes over or whatever. They got Yule Brenner and stuff like that. Yule Brenner was one weird-looking dude. I just want to point <laughs> that out. But I, I thought he fit the part pretty well. But, you know, what are gods in our life? You know, today in 2021, what do gods in our life look like, Stephanie? Wow. Um, you know, a god is anything that takes a place higher in our hearts than the god of heaven. 
And so that could be anything, different things for different people. I would say um, pride, stuff, my image, yeah, uh, my opinion. Yeah. All those types of things can be There are some very serious ones. Yeah. Yeah. Pride will mess you up. What does the Bible say about pride? Oh, no, go ahead. No, as I say, even in a weird way, um, you know, service for God can become a God over God himself. Boy, don't we see that, those narcissists and stuff who, you know, and listen, folks, you don't got to go to church with a narcissist. If your pastor's a narcissist who's hurting people who's no good, get out of there. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, and by the way, stay in a narcissist church. No, the Bible talks about joy, love, all those good things, all that good juju. But, you know, I think you just hit something, Stephanie. You hit something that we need to cover. We need to cover this. And we're going to talk about this in Christian Abuse. We just came, the organization that we were working for before we started the greatest organization on God's green earth. Thank you, God, for doing that. God alone made it happen that way. If we didn't think that way, and that's pride. One of the greatest organizations on God Green Earth. But anyway, <laughs> what do you tell somebody who's where we were at? What do we say to them? Wow. You know, I think Moses knew what trauma was all about. I think he did. Um, Joseph, we know Joseph knew. I think Joseph, I think Moses knew also. Um, and... I think you have to come back to, you have to let God be God. Moses had to come to that point at the fiery, at that bush. When, when God spoke to him out of that bush, God, Moses had to surrender to let God be God. And until you come to that point, no matter what trauma you've been through, that's the first step to healing. That's the first step to bringing God glory out of ashes is to let him be God to trust him. And Moses had to come to that point of trusting, you know, there, we just read the Bible stories and take so much for granted. And, um, when I look at the life of Moses and I think, you know, after things I've experienced in the last two and a half, three years, um, um, having to evacuate, you know, evacuating, having to run for your life, that's traumatic. Um, looking over your shoulder, having that fear of, um, Moses wouldn't have dealt with gunshots, but, you know, having that fear of who's following me, who's on my tail, who's lurking, you know, along the side of the road or whatever. And Moses knew those feelings and lived with that. And yet he had to give that all up and say, okay, God, I'm yours. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. And it's a surrender. I think no matter what your trauma is, you have to let it go not in the sense of it, if it all goes away, I'm not saying it's all just going to magically disappear, but give it to God. Yeah. Let, let go of the traumas and open your fist. And get and away from the traumas. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a, you know, letting go also means get out of there. Yeah. Opening your hands and letting them, you know, it's letting go of those triggers. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a journey. And I'm sure Moses had that same journey of healing the same way Joseph did the same way every person who's ever been through something has had to go through a journey of healing. But every step of healing that Moses chose to make took him to Mount, you know, (laughs) it took him to being the Moses who received the 10 commandments. It took him to being the Moses who, whose countenance shone so brightly 
from spending time with God that he, they had to put a veil over his face. Yeah. That's healing took Moses. And I think that's, that's the message for anyone who's going through junk right now. So, and, and, and I think we got to take it father. I think Stephanie was a little bit diplomatic staying away from this, but if, if you're like, especially, you know, these, these folks working in the ministry or working for narcissists and people who are trying to hurt them, you know, cut your losses, get out of there. You know, the best thing that ever happened to Stephanie and I was to get away from narcissists. And, you know, not only this time in our life, but Stephanie has a full, uh, a full plate full of narcissists she had to deal with in her life. I just had to deal with, you know, I started working at a missions agency that was great, led by a wonderful pastor, a godly man. And then these people came in and, and other narcissists hang out with them, you know. And so these guys, so I resigned. They decided to have a meeting. And, you know, I'm hearing that one of the pastors who's a narcissist that's like eight miles from where I grew up was ungodly. They used vitriolic, was yelling on the thing, was mad, talking about me. I resigned. I was gone. But this is what narcissists look like. And if you're working for one of these guys, can I tell you something? Stephanie's going to verify this. It doesn't get any better. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's narcissists are never happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're never, never going to come yeah. to a point where narcissists are like, oh, we can be friends now. No, they're always going to want more. They're always going to want the next. Yeah. Um, verification of your loyalty they stink. The next level yeah. their big toe they're never satisfied they're they're covetous for worship and that they'll never get enough so and birds flock together and they go out of the way to make you look bad and them to look good so i'm going to report on these things even though they're not true and i'm going to use the biggest narcissist board member to be vitriolic to be mad to be angry <laughs> uh you know <clears throat> Can I tell you something, friends? And, and let me tell you that. And we told you all that because we tell you everything about us. We have nothing to hide. We really don't. We're just normal folk. But, you know, I think, Stephanie, I think that if you go back and you look at your narcissistic experiences, and, and sadly, you've been there more than once, and I go back and look at mine, those were the worst days of my life. Yeah. And, and there's people out there listening to us who are going through junk. And so what we want to tell you is you don't have to live like that. What we want to tell you is, listen, you know, God has got joy for us. There's great stuff. And, you know, and and we see that in people, don't we? You know, Stephanie worked with this one lady who's total narcissist. And I think her, you know, uh, I think her, her pastor brought her there. You know, I think he trained her how to do this. And I think that, that's the danger of those of us who have kids. That's the danger of those of us who are bringing people into the den of inequity, into the den of narcissism. And we got to be careful. That's all I'm saying. And the Pharaoh had all that stuff going on. And God said, you know what? I'm taking away all these gods you have. You know, the Nile River, that's a god. We're going to turn it red. Those fish you catch out of there, dead. You know, you like being in a bug-free atmosphere? Too bad. Here's a bunch of them. And, oh, by the way, frogs everywhere. You know, we need to be careful. We, we don't want to be that narcissist. We, we don't want to learn how to be one. We don't want to raise our kids as one. We want to get out of it. And, Stephanie, by the way, congratulations on getting out of it. Thank you for showing me uh, how you got out of it so I would know how to get out of it. And, uh, but what would you say to these people in a minute or less? about getting away from things, being like Moses, getting right, moving out. Wow. 
Well, I think I would encourage you to um, seek God's face and remember that God has not given us the spirit of fear. And um, if, if you're in a situation where you are being driven, where you feel like you're going to lose your mind, and I've talked to girls and to women that are like, I'm, I'm going insane, the fear of the person um, who's trying to control me or the fear of the harassment or the whatever, um, the emotional abuse, the um, <laughs> the seeking, and, and, and narcissists are very good at seeking to indoctrinate, um, and, that, and that will drive you insane. It will. And so my my challenge to you is to remember that that is not of God. And God's will is never for you to live in fear, and his will is to follow his will for your life, not the will of people. And people are very good at making their will sound like it's God's will. And so just be very careful that ultimately yeah. you're looking to the Lord and his word for your direction, because narcissists will come as angels of light when in reality they are emissaries of the prince of darkness. That's right. And some of them are saved. And, and, you know, he brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Man, when you get away from the bad juju and get into the good juju, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, the it's living good. Not one was feeble among them, Stephanie. You know, we, we, we don't have to deal with that. Listen, we love you, folks. We want to help you. Make sure you get a hold of us on Helpful Wounded Spirits. Listen to every word Eric got for you. Thanks for listening to us on the radio today. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry visit us at woundedspirits.com.